Earthlings, and welcome to your weekly dose of newsy infotainment. It's Let's Be Treasonable coming to you from various places in and around Los Angeles, including Treasonable Studios, with your cognitive dissidents on the panel this week. She is a comedian, a world traveler, an economist, and the host and creator of the Villains of History podcast, which has a uh, quite a varied fan base, as we recently <laughs> learned. Uh, but always a pleasure to have her on the show with us, ladies and gentlemen, Kat Alvarado. Welcome back, Kat. Hello, and thank you for having me. Thank you for being here. Always a pleasure. Speaking of always a pleasure, as always, we are joined by comedian, scholar, and the Black Voice of Reason. It is my pleasure to reintroduce to you Mr. Time and Ship. Uh, power to the people, and yes, the revolution is being televised. Not being te- it is definitely being televised. Yeah, yes, kind of. It's it's a shame yeah. that Gil Scott Heron isn't around to put out the sequel to the revolution. Will not be televised. Yeah. I, I think, yeah. you know, he would have to reference that uh, Whitey, not on the moon, but uh, damn close. Whitey's in orbit. Yeah. So we have that. Well, thank you for being with us again, Mr. Ship. Me, I'm Dr. David Robinson. I am your Vin Scully for the impending apocalypse, not to mention the current one. And... Uh, <laughs> pretty slow news week so we'll be back with some spring cleaning tips and fun recipes that you can do with your kids at home now we we have a lot to talk about but we will be talking about it after this brief message from our sponsors at community spread it's morning in america and people are waking up to the great taste of community spread i kind of want toast but it can be so boring butter margarine jams jellies I want something new. Here, try this. It's community spread. But you've already taken a bite out of it. What are you, smooth down there? Try it. Whoa, that's sick. But what's in it? What's in community spread? We're still waiting for the CDC to let us know. Well, it's deli- Wait, did he just say the CDC? That's right. Community spread. Available at... Actually, I don't know where I got it. No, but seriously, back to that CDC thing. And it's not just for toast. Pancakes, waffles, sandwiches... Why, there's no telling where it'll show up. Community spread isn't recommended for older adults or people with chronic health conditions. Stop using community spread if you've experienced difficulty breathing or shortness of breath, persistent pain or pressure in the chest, bluish lips or face, new confusion, or an inability to arouse. Community spread. From the folks who brought you, I can't believe I'm not better. It's the toast-topping sensation that's sweeping the nation, and there's nothing you can do about it. And new from the makers of Community Spread, it's Unmitigated Spread. If you barely acknowledged Community Spread before, try Unmitigated Spread. Unmitigated Spread. It's time for a second peek. Speaking of uh, Unmitigated Spread, uh, I did get tested for the Rona and came up negative. So happy about that. I feel a little... I, I don't maybe I don't, white guilt is is that a is that a term do people say that anymore but I I do feel a little bad that uh, because of the virus I have been avoiding going to protests and I really feel like I should be going but I kind of makes feel, you feel better neither have I which I feel I feel you know I definitely have FOMO which is the wrong feeling to have there's definitely some FOMO here but also a sense of like I should be there like 
you know, his, you always think looking back historically, would I have been there at those? And I'm unfortunately finding out maybe not, but it's a pandemic. So I feel like I would be if Corona wasn't a thing, but I live with my mother and she has diabetes. And so she's at high risk of complication and I love my mother. So it doesn't matter how much FOMO I have or how much I want to feel like a hero by being at the protest that going to that protest would be selfish of me because I would put her life in danger and she gave me life. I can't, I can't betray her, you know? Well, and I'm speaking from, you know, you guys, I, totally understand if you don't go i'm not upset i i wouldn't even be bothered if you said no i'm not i'm not going because there's always ways to show your support and what you're doing and it, it all starts with us we can do our own thing supporting and and you know it's like we're having a conversation right now and like you said cat hey i don't need to risk that we have a virus going on that is still real and you can always find ways to support a situation and not feel uh, you should not feel guilt whatsoever. There are people out there. People understand the situation. Yeah. You know, there's no. There's, yeah. I, I got to say. Go it's, I, oh, no, 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 no. I, I appreciate what you're, you know, it's uh, this, is, this is the right time, uh, sociologically speaking, for a white guy to cut the black man off. <laughs> 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 Do we not learn? <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but I, I, I think some, some very valid points. And I, I think what it comes down to cat is that it's better to feel FOMO than to feel difficulty breathing or shortness of breath, persistent pain or pressure in the chest, bluish <laughs> lips or face, new confusion or an inability to arouse. So I'll, you know, with, with those as the other option, I'll, I'll take the FOMO, but like Timon was saying, you know, and not to bust my arm, Patton, myself and, and all of us on the backs here, but you can do other things. We're, we're doing this. We're trying to raise awareness of issues. You can, you can call or, or write to your elected representatives. You can, you can donate to organizations. You can volunteer in other ways that don't require you being at mass gatherings. So it's, yeah, you know, it, it's, I personally would rather be out protesting and and getting more of that personal feeling of doing something. And I'm not saying that all protesters are going for that selfish, I need to fill the hole in me. Uh, but I know with myself, there is a certain element of, you know, do-gooder syndrome. It's like, hey, I, I did something good. I, I also feel like pro. I, I I'm a cynic. And so I'm one to tend to believe that protests don't do much. I, I believe you have to vote. You have to take real action by voting at the local levels, at, you know, at the state and at the federal levels. And that's what really changes things. But that's my that's well, my philosophy. See, Not everyone I, thinks I, the same thing. So I think you're for partially me, also right. That mix. I think you're partially right in that protesting is only a, a part of what everybody has to do it's it's not just i'm gonna protest so i don't have to vote it's no you got to do both and i i think the the thing is you know people and i i wasn't feeling angry enough the other day so i decided to go on facebook and read comments and stuff and you know, I saw people saying, oh, protests don't end racism. And it's like, no, they don't any more than having schools 
eliminates stupidity. It's, it's not just having them. It's, it's doing them and, and taking the knowledge and the experience that we gain. Yeah. Protests don't end racism, but because of the protests that have been happening for the past week, we're looking at police reforms in Minneapolis and Minnesota, uh, other States around the country where they're making chokeholds illegal in LA. They're talking about not defunding the police, but taking 150 some odd million and putting it into programs that are going to benefit the communities that are most hurt by the police, most often hurt. So it's it's like, yeah, it's, it's not a, a panacea. It's not going to fix everything, but it is part of the awareness raising it's you know i don't support yeah. looting and, but well, it, it took the like looting the to needle. get a lot of people to to pay attention well, and to acknowledge that there is a problem well if you look at the looting when they started and rioting i mean just look at our history white folks been looting and burning shit down for years they they burned down all the black towns that were in america how can you turn around and talk about looting when this is what the country was built on. How many other races have you fucked over? Everybody wanted the same damn thing. When guys finished World War II, they wanted to be able to buy a house and get a, and, and send their kids to school and everything. Same thing every other But What happened? They didn't allow that. You can't move here. You can't. And you still had Jim Crow. Jim Crow was another 150 years of bullshit. And then when you throw this stuff in people's face, they sit back and bitch because someone has exposed your ass to the poison that you put in this country. Black folks did not create this shit. White people did. And they need to get over it. And they're not going to apologize. Because if we start grabbing guns, because you got pissed off with the, with, with the Black Panthers when they decided to show up. Oh, whoa. What are you doing with a gun? Same reason that white boys got a gun. And he said, oh, Ku Klux Klan is not terrorism. Oh, no, well, why do you want to talk about that? You got guys that take history who are history majors but will not speak upon what they learned in college. They do not because you know why? It exposes what is. And people are oh, I feel guilty. No, motherfucker, they don't want you to feel guilty, but they do want you to know the truth, that there is a wound in this country, a very deep wound that has never healed. Mm -hmm. The conversations that black people have with their children it's not the same conversation a lot of parents are having with theirs. So, I mean, like the woman said, raise your hand if you want to live the same life that a black person lives. You know her, the older white chick who wrote about, about race? And she, she said, I know that you're not standing. You're damn right you're not because you know what they're going through and you know you're not going to stand up for it. Mm -hmm. And they said, oh, well, you know, they shouldn't be complaining. You know, there's a better way to do that. What's the better way? We asked you for better schools. You told us, fuck you. You asked us, you know, you had mass incarceration. You know, people are, oh, why are black people being arrested? Dude, like I said, do your history. I mean, Kat, you remember when you were talking to me about mass incarceration? Hello, all this stuff, this pandemic exposes the inequalities of our society. And we didn't create it. They did. The people who wrote the laws. And told black folks, you're not a part of this. Right. We got to keep you out. And even though you changed them, still, I'm still being arrested. I'm still being choked. I'm still being, 
beaten. I'm being shot in my own fucking house. Can you imagine the chick in Dallas who shot the, the cop who went into the brother's apartment and shot him? This bitch is in the wrong apartment. Yeah. We can't make this shit up. I mean, then Trump says, oh, it's fake news. That's not fake fucking news. I'm sorry. This is real. No. Well, and going going back, you know, I mean, as as you said, this is this has been going on. This is part of the system. Uh in a in a 1968 interview uh in Esquire magazine with James Baldwin, uh they asked, uh, "How would you how would you define somebody who smashes in the window of a television store and takes what he wants?" Baldwin answered, before I get to that, how would you define somebody who puts a cat where he is and takes all the money out of the ghetto where he makes it? Who's looting whom? Grabbing off the TV set? He doesn't really want the TV set. He's saying, screw you. It's just judgment, by the way, on the value of the TV set. He doesn't want it. He wants to let you know he's there. The question I'm trying to raise is a very serious question. The mass media, television, and all the major news agencies endlessly use that word looter. On television, you always see black hands reaching in, you know? And so the American public concludes that these savages are trying to steal everything from us. And no one has seriously tried to get where the trouble is. After all, you're accusing a captive population who has been robbed of everything of looting. I think it's obscene. I and I think I think Baldwin is right. And I don't again, I don't it it's like the the old Chris Rock bit. I don't advocate it, but sometimes I understand it. Oh yeah, I agree with you. And you know, it's it was upsetting to watch everything get set on fire and people stealing and breaking the windows and all that destruction. But then I think how much more is it upsetting to see your brothers or cousins or sons get shot by police for doing you know, nothing to provoke them? It's way more painful than that. And so it's just one way of, of saying, like, here, like, let me make you feel something for once. Um, and so that was, yeah, it, it really, it made me think a lot. And the other thing that I noticed, too, you know, the, the, what the TV shows, what the media shows... And I was shocked that even in my local news, all they showed last week over the weekend were the looters all day. You could be glued to the TV just watching the looters and you're seeing mainly people of color. Never mind that there was that whole thing about the boogaloos accelerating the looting and the rioting. Yeah. And for those who don't know, yeah. the boogaloos are, are white extremists uh, who were showing up. And there's footage. There's footage of those guys showing up. And they were the first ones to throw the brick into the target and what have you and then kind of rile up the crowd. But the, the media wasn't showing those guys. And the media wasn't showing peaceful protesters getting uh, attacked by the police. Yeah. They were but, just showing but the looters. But if we know the history, if we know the history of protesting, like right after what happened to Martin Luther King, okay, you say, oh, look what they're doing. They're burning, blah, blah, blah. Well, damn it. Just like Dave just read, why are they burning? You just killed a peaceful man. You killed, you know, because after J. Edgar Hoover said, there will be no black messiahs. We don't want any black messiahs. We, we cannot have this because if they raise up, and what are you raising up? You're raising up fear. It didn't do us any good. To continue to, you, know, you wanted segregation? Cool, we'll build our own. Guess what? Burn it down. Mm -hmm. You can't have it both ways. You can't just keep kicking us in the nuts and then you expect people not to trip. 
It's the social contract theory. Is that Thomas Hobbes or John Locke? I can never remember. But there's that whole thing from the Enlightenment philosophers that there is such a thing as a social contract. And if the government does not obey that social contract to protect the rights of the citizens, then it is the duty of those citizens to overthrow that government. And I keep coming back to that. Every time I see the footage of anybody looting or of that car on fire, I go, you know what? Our country was founded based off the principle of social contract and overthrowing tyranny. So if we're going to be tyrants to people of color, then, of course, we should be overthrown, rightfully so. And I think, well, you know, I, while, you're, while you're right that, that the news channels, and especially locally, uh, were focused on the looting over the weekend, on Monday, uh, because they are masters of messaging in the White House, they, they gave uh, the media something else to, to put on TV. When the assembled forces of the U.S. Park Service and the Secret Service and the National Guard uh, shot tear gas and and pepper bullets and rubber bullets at at peaceful protesters and journalists on Monday so Donald Trump could get his picture taken holding a Bible upside down in front of a church and that is that is out there i think that superseded and that goes exactly to what you're saying cat about the social contract and you know you hear these defenses like william barr the fucking attorney general of of the country allegedly more in actuality trump's lapdog and and toady but he said the president has to be able or should be able to to walk across the street to a church. And I I do agree that the president should be able to walk across the street to a church. Here's the deal. If you have to tear gas innocent protesters in order to facilitate that, you are doing something wrong as president. It's like these cops in Buffalo where... First, they, they denied that you know, they shoved an old, hey, here's, here's something for equality. The cops don't just beat up black people. They're also shoving old white men. So, you know, right. there's, all right, equality. But the, the police union in Buffalo is throwing out the defense, well, these men were under orders to clear the plaza. And much in that, the president is doing something wrong if you have to tear gas innocent people in order to cross the street. Someone tells you to clear a plaza. It's kind of like if if someone asked me, hey, could you open the window? I'm not going to use a sledgehammer to do it. You know, if I throw a sledgehammer through the window, it's open now. Is that the best way? Is that the the smartest way to do it? No. So, yeah. You may have been ordered to clear a plaza, but shoving an old white man and busting his head open is not the way to shoving anybody and busting their heads open. By the way, I'm just saying old white man, because that's what happened in this specific. But when you start talking that, you know, when you say that once the looting starts, the shooting starts. Okay. You're bringing up 1960s shit. You're trying the inside. You got four generals that came out and spoke out against you. That our own generals are saying, dude, you're using our own military to go after our people? The people we're supposed to be protecting? You're turning them on and you want us to attack them? That's crazy. 
if we don't vote this asshole out, I mean, you got guys who, who have voted Republican for years said, dude, I can't take it anymore. He's got to go. This dude is going to have, there's going to be mass killings. I'm telling you. They keep that guy around, the next four years is going to be holy hell. You're going to put, you thought, uh, you thought uh, what's his name, uh, McVie was, a, was an idiot and blowing up the Timothy McVie, oh. you thought blowing that up? I'm telling you, somebody else is going to, do, and now, like she said, you got the boogaloos and all these secret little fucking oh, yeah. militias around. It would be around. like a boogaloo, and then they would blame it on Black Lives Matter or something. They they want to start a race, a race war. It's what they've been wanting to do since freaking Marilyn Man, not Marilyn, <laughs> Charles Manson. Yeah, one of the Mansons, one of them. You know. Yeah. <laughs> now, and I, now I'm, I was talking to a cop last night, and he only focused on the looters. I said, dude. Uh, you need to fucking read. You're a police officer. You can't separate the two. Why do you think uh, uh, Chief Moore told the the, the uh, protesters, if you see looters or anybody, point them out and we'll go get them because this will be on you. So it's 80 percent protesting and 20 percent. You got looters and guys that are trying to burn some shit down. Point them out so we can go after them. And get them. And that's why you see the protesters and the cops coming together and you have, you're seeing more peaceful protests because you had to get rid of the knuckleheads who are hiding in the shadows to try and yeah. pull this crap off. I, I think what, what we've seen this week has been a lot of learning on the part of several parties, learning of hopefully some police departments to chill the fuck out, number one, <laughs> learning from from other parties who attend these protests that they need to watch out for people who are going to piggyback or accelerate violence mm -hmm. and to, to pay attention to them. And I think also learning about how to take a movement that has up to recently been very like viral and not that organized, kind of like how mm -hmm. um, Occupy never really had a really strong organization or formally speaking, uh, you BLM hasn't that much so either until now. And I've seen in the recent week or so, it seems like the people who were in charge of it are starting to go, oh, we need to be even more structured because the more yes. structured we are, the more effective we'll be, the more we'll ta be taken seriously, and we can avoid the cuckoos on the edges mm -hmm. from doing things that will sabotage the entire message. And I'm so glad to see that. I'm really glad. What? Like. Yeah, go ahead. They're using they're using COVID now. Now some cities said we don't want protesting because of COVID nineteen. No, you don't want protesting because you're, and you're going to use the COVID. I get it. You're saying, well, they might spread the virus. But then again, if people are wearing masks and keeping their distance, why can't they still protest? And you just got people who don't want they, that they're going to use the COVID as an excuse to not have protesters in their city. Because they don't want to deal with it and they think that, oh, they might come here and burn down whatever. And that's another thing that gets spread. But you still need to get through when they're, when it's all said and done. If you don't stop racism, you've got to stop it at this core. Who's doing it? I don't care if it's, it's in our schools, it's in our laws. It's in our, our, our whole prison system. I mean, everywhere. It's been around for so long to the point. It took a white woman to create something called white privilege. She exposed it. 
That didn't come from black people. That was a white woman, a professor who said, I'm going to say something, white privilege. And she brought it out. And people got upset about it. And they said, hey. And it's been around for a longer, but no one's ever seen it. It's like the, the book, The Invisible Man. You're walking through. No one pays attention to you. If you're black, they don't even see you. They don't look at you. They don't see you. Now, if you break some shit, hey, hey, let's get it. <laughs> I knew he did it. <laughs> so then you go see it. But other than that, no. They don't see you there. They don't want to see you. Well, you know, and- sometimes it feels pretty good to not to be bothered. Yeah, I, I can definitely understand that. Uh, but to to add on to what Kat was saying, it's it's not just the uh, the boogaloo's that are are inciting the violence. I've I've been reading and hearing a lot of reports from people here in L.A. and from other protests around the country that everything was fine and peaceful until the police showed up. <laughs> and I I'm not gonna. We we could spend, you know, five hours talking about the whole bad apples thing. Right. And, and you know, that's definitely an issue. But the the problem comes from the police and the, the bad training. You know, there was this incident in Buffalo that we talked about. The two cops have been charged. They're saying they're innocent. But as a result of these two officers who shoved an old man again, knocked him to the ground, cracked his head open, and then didn't do anything about it. As a result of these policemen facing consequences, not even serving, I mean, there hasn't even been a con- uh, you know conviction yet. They've just been charged. 57 members of the, the response team quit. And the cops, yeah. Well, they, they're they they're still cops, but they quit the the task force. They quit the team, the response team. To which I respond, "Good, you you should you should quit the force entirely, because if you are standing on the side of harassing, beating, roughing up innocent people, the people that you are supposed to protect." the people that you are being paid to protect with their tax dollars, then you do not belong on that job. It's really simple. And I am, I am going to go into the bad apples thing for a minute because it's, it's been said, but it hasn't been said enough. If you are a quote unquote good cop and you do nothing to get rid of these bad apples in your midst, then you are a bad apple. Amazing yeah. how that works. But I, I think, that, yeah, there are some good cops. And what I've been seeing this week is a big problem is the police unions. Because well, these are the probation. guys. I mean, working yeah. in probation and I, uh, you know, for 30 years. And when we had knuckleheads, you know, guys that was, you know, would whoop a kid's ass just to beat the shit out of him for the hell of it. You know, eventually what probation did, they attacked us when it's like, no, get rid of these guys because we can't protect them. Because one, if they're not, if they're beating up a kid, and they don't do any paperwork. Now, you, there's so much paperwork, you know, to do. If you're a cop today or if you're in probation, that you've got tons of paperwork to try that you have to do if you touch one of these minors or if you touch someone 
That's what they're trying to get you. But you still have to, you can't leave the police department, a police officer or a probation guy without tools to no, help him absolutely. do his job better. What I'm saying, no, I'm talking about as far as defending himself because you dealing with the public can be hard. It really can, especially if you get a kid that comes in on some drug or whatever that gets thrown around. I think it, you know, when you don't give, I mean, you, I'm not saying give him a nightstick or whatever, but I'm saying being able to have some type of martial arts or whatever in case they have to take a guy down. There's all kinds of other ways to do this. They're doing it in other countries, but if we're doing the same stuff that has been going on for you know 50 years, just busting people's heads open. And like I don't know if you saw the the people who got shot with those rubber bullets. Mm-hmm. I mean, you got good. That one guy lost an eye. Yeah, he's and, a uh, photographer. He's yeah. a news photographer. Yeah, I mean, they're they're oh, they, you know oh, lit him up. Lit take, him up talk so, about taking uh, yeah. away his right to make a living. But no, I mean I agree that yes, you know the the police officers and probation prison guards who are we learned this week prison guards are amongst the. Uh, unbranded soldiers who are who are taking over washington dc and we'll talk more about that in a minute but yeah Yeah. they they do need the proper tools part of that is training and and it's you know it's it's books it's reading it's it's de-escalation rather than than amping the situation up and it's it is one of the biggest tools to make this work is good cops and you know even if it it's not going to get the racism out of the cop it's not gonna you know get that power thing out of them if as a police officer you see one of your brothers or sisters in blue raising their baton on an innocent person you don't have to get into a whole moral thing with them you just hold their arm and say hey hey think of the paperwork (laughs) And from what I've witnessed personally, from my own experiences and from talking to cops and talking to survivors of domestic violence, sexual assault that have had the misfortune of having to deal with the police, there is nothing that stops a cop like paperwork. (laughs) Well, uh, I also think, I think also they all need to, yes. Do they need to take a class in Afro-American studies? Yes, they do. Damn right. They need ra- they need racial. I mean, I think I think all white folks, everybody, you need to take Afro-American studies and, and also any other culture out there to learn respect for people's cultures and where they come from so you can learn how to deal with them. This stuff about, oh, I don't need that and everything. And, you know, when we talk to people that that. Well, you know, well, that's not that that happened over 100 years ago. That's no big deal. That sorry, it's what started back then that is the reason why we have what we have today. And if you're not going to learn, then hey, you know that that's another problem. I mean, that it's just really just a lack of knowledge among these people who don't want to know and they don't want to deal with it. Well, and I think to a lot of those people who you know want to say that oh well, slavery was a long time ago, and and all that. You know, you know what else was a long time ago. Some some rabbi in in Jerusalem got crucified on a hill, but you people are still talking about that shit. So you know what? That was thousands of years ago. Yeah, and if, the fact if that, that if I, had to, I, I had to show a picture of a guy 
to one of the guys at my lounge who happened to be my cousin. His name by the name was Thomas Ship. He said, and there were two black dudes that got lynched. You know, and he's like, I said, yeah, that's right there in Marion, Indiana, 1930s. He happens to be a cousin on his way home from working. So sorry, this shit. Don't give me about your looting. Don't give me anything about any of this stuff. It's been around for a long time. You need to. It's in your face. You need to deal with it. And it's not going to be pretty. And now you got black people telling you, I don't care about your feelings anymore. Look at uh, Drew Brees. Mm -hmm. Drew Brees stuck his foot in his mouth. You don't have anything good to say? Oh, he brought up the flag? Done. Now you got brothers. <laughs> they, they crucified his ass. Yeah, but like, you know what? I will say, uh, he did He did turn around. You know, he he did get educated by by all the you know backlash. Uh, and you but, know what? But, I, I got to say, I got to say, because I thought about this, you could argue that he didn't actually learn anything except you know, marketing and what he needed to do to to save his brand, quote unquote. But I think yeah. also to save his ass because when football comes back, I don't know what uh-huh. you know who's in the lineup of the Saints. But if you got a bunch of black dudes who are supposed to be protecting you from a bunch of black dudes that are coming to sack <laughs> your ass, you better get right at least on paper. Because, you know, oh, hey, ah, yeah, I didn't see that lineman coming around. I, I honestly, if, if Drew Brees did not come forward and correct what he said, I, uh, the Saints were going to have the worst season ever and, and lead the league in quarterback getting sacked. <laughs> oh, he, but they, but they, the fact that someone, that you still didn't get it while the guy was taking a knee. He did, it was nothing to do with the flag. He told you from the very beginning. And it was the Green Beret who told Colin Kaepernick that if you want to say something, do not sit down. You must take a knee. Yeah. He was a Green Beret who told him to do that. Well, I mean, who are you going to listen to? The, the Green Berets? You, and you're working or, with all these brothers and you don't get this, you don't get what's going on? How could you be that fucking stupid? That's well, that's you got nothing to say. Shut up. Well, I was gonna, I, I was gonna say, who, who are you gonna listen to on this? An actual Green Beret who, who served and rose, yeah, you know, went through the ranks and the training, and actually served, or are you gonna listen to a five-time draft dodger with quote-unquote bone spurs who hides in the White House bunker like a little whiny bitch because there are protests outside, and then. Because he's so wrapped up in his own machismo, has to say, uh, no, I, I was just inspecting the bunker <laughs> with my wife and child at the behest yeah. at the behest of the Secret Service who rushed us there. Well it was a very well, it was a very well, important well, inspection that had to happen on a Friday night. Well what mm-hmm. really got Drew in trouble was really not that was when he said that my two grandfathers served in the the war they fought for this country and then every black dude pretty much said yeah motherfucker and and so did all my family but guess what when my father came home from world war ii they were lynching brothers in their uniforms mm-hmm. oh they did you had senators you had senators that said a black man cannot come home a hero because if he does 
We will have to acknowledge him. We can't. It wasn't just Tuskegee Airmen. Most brothers were picking up dead bodies and burying Germans. And they treated the German soldier better than the black man that was there to help fight for his country. So Drew Brees needs to shut up because, like I said, history will kick him right in his nuts. You cannot talk about that stuff like what, black folks? You know, I mean, we still forget about the poor Indian. Jesus, the fact that we still have Indians on reservations, that blows me away. Well, on, and it'll go right down the line. Also, that a lot of those reservations are are hotbeds of of COVID nineteen infections, and oh you my know, god, they're blowing them out the water. American government isn't doing anything about that because you know when nope. it's when it's convenient you for the American government that. reservations. That's you know that's a sovereign nation. We we can't. That's not our business. But when Native Americans in in South Dakota are are setting up roadblocks. To try and keep the, the eight billion dollars they were supposed to get. Where's the eight billion? I think they it's going into a pipeline. Yeah, going it's going into a pipeline that's uh, crossing <laughs> their lands that they will get none of the profit from, but all of the pollution. So you know, who who says we never gave them anything? When yeah. did because when did supporting human rights become an us versus them problem? When did that get politicized? Because I feel like at some point, you know, at one point it was about human rights for all, and you could pretty much count on someone on the right or the left. You know, it, I'm thinking like in the '90s, maybe through the mid 2000s, to be like, oh no, yeah, you're right. That's not decent or kind or just behavior. We shouldn't support that. And then sometime in the mid 20 teens, it became, oh. You're in favor of human rights and justice. You're on the wrong, you're on their team, and my team doesn't give a shit about anything. We just want, you know, America. Yeah. Well, I think like, it's. <laughs> I think I can't it, even articulate because it it's so stupid. Yeah. No, and I can't. You know, I can't pinpoint a, a day, date, or, or specific event. But at at some point, you know, these people realized that human rights cut into profits and the the same willful ignorance that allows them to think that everything's fine you know black people are are equal we've been you know it's yeah of course they got black lives matter are the same people who you know refuse they, they refuse to acknowledge their own racism and they refuse to acknowledge that they are making a profit off human misery they they refuse to divest from companies that have sweatshops in China, uh, you know, or whatever. But it happens with every generation of activists. Yeah, I'm a little too young to have really, you know, seen this firsthand. But you know, I did see it happen with public figures where hippies turned in. They went from deadhead to breadhead. You know, it's like the the yuppies, the 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 boomers, went from being you know all free love and everything to hey the black you know, buppies, you the know black buppies, yeah, you know it's <laughs> hey buppies, race traders, whatever you want to call them, you know the people are our people, and unfortunately, and I'm not gonna go into a whole Depeche Mode lyric fest here. But I like mode. Oh, yeah. <laughs> We're not going to get into that either. I, th- I, I like their darker work. I think, you know, yeah. anyway. People are people. <laughs> <laughs> the, the point being is that, and if you look at 
most religions, they are based on fighting our darkest urges, the acknowledgement that people are, are flawed. People are horrible when, when we want to be or when we decide to stop being not horrible. It's, it's part of human nature to what, what's in it for me. And as humans, we are ideally, whether, whether you want to say it's because of a belief system that comes from religion or from a sociological standpoint or from personal experience of getting the raw end of the stick enough times, we need to overcome those baser instincts in ourselves and not be selfish animals to to realize there is a greater good there is a society out there that we are a part of and if you are constantly taking and not giving anything back you're doing it wrong mm-hmm. well I, I think you know like you know david it's uh i had someone talk to me about um you know where, where i grew up and everything and they said you know when did you start seeing change and I noticed back in the you know, you know the whole uh, the racial issues that that I saw, I saw in grade school that as long as I went to school with white kids I ate well we had fresh fruits fresh milk we had our books we had you know we we you know, I had you know we had white friends everybody and then all of a sudden white flight came in and from by the fourth grade my school was predominantly black all teachers black principal black. And the food that I was eating, the breakfasts and everything was gone. I was eating French toast and eggs and, and sausage and everything. Fresh ice cold milk every day, gone. Didn't have it anymore. You know, that last white kid, we begged him not to leave. We said to him, please don't go. As long as you're here, bro, we eat good. But he said, no, bro, got to go. And he took off. And shit, you know. But, I mean, it's, it's you, and you saw, I never forgot that. And then... What did we get? We got some of the most ruthless, badass black kids you ever seen in your life. <laughs> Where did you come from? Where did my white brother go, man? I miss white man. Please, white man, come back. Oh, no. Hey, man, fuck that cub. I'm going to smoke your ass, blood. I was like, God damn. Now we got all these goddamn black people here. I was good. Where the brothers got? They started harassing all the mentally uh, kids, all the kids that you know were uh, mentally challenged. They beat up all the patrol boys and stuff. Remember the little kids that had the orange little orange patrol belts? Oh, yeah. They, yeah, safety yeah, patrol. They would tie them up in the bathroom at the end of the year. They tie them up in the bathroom and smear dog shit on them because they was because they were <laughs> snitching on everybody. They were brutal, man. I missed my white friend. I missed all the white people. They were great. Missed them. See, they good. You, yeah. you know what it comes down to, I think, and and kind of in that whole mentality thing, I, it's, I, I think about when when I worked at a, a music venue and I was, you know, I did a lot of things. I did stage tech, but I also did security. And I, I, you know, I was the smallest security guy. I know how to fight, generally didn't have to use it. And I did carry a, a three D-cell mag light, you know, so that helped sort of quell any you know idea of hey let's rush the guy and get backstage but the the biggest part of being effective in security 
was listening to the patrons and and knowing how to de-escalate things. Right. And, you know, it's like any security person at a bar will tell you the lobby is your friend. And whether it's live music or dance music or something going on, it's too loud in the club. So come out to the lobby. Let's let's talk where we can hear each other. And of course, you know, and if the person that you're kicking out of the bar isn't a total idiot, they know, oh, that's where the door is. But, you know, it's no, no, no. Hey, let's calmly. Let's go to I can't hear you. It's too loud. Let's go to the lobby. And I think more more police need to be trained to take people to the lobby by choice. BT dubs. BT dubs. In addition to de-escalation, I, I I have to. You were talking about how there's things to do besides just beating someone up. Uh-huh. Um, I've watched enough of those YouTube videos on women's self-defense where there's all these like little things you can do, and someone just go, falls to their knees. Like, like can't the cops just like uh, twist their Ring finger? Uh, Isn't that a thing? Uh, <laughs> Where you like? Now, 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 you know, cat. You know, wor- working, working in probation. We used to teach the chicken wing, so that's where the woman gets your thumb and twist it back to control someone's real thick. Bam! Get that thumb twist. They they immediately do what you want. I don't care how big you are. Doesn't what your weight is. They show you how to protect. That's what I'm talking about. But probation took that away from us and brought in this thing called pin and parry where you oh we're going to hold him lay him down uh you know and we'll bring together and it didn't work more staff were getting knocked out punched beaten with telephones all kinds of shit i'm like dude we need martial arts yeah i mean uh, yeah we need i mean martial arts if they show you how to take someone down they wouldn't do it. Yeah, and now just, they're like, going to have to shift you. You have to shift your weight. There's all kinds of ways you can take someone down, subdue them if they're a threat, without having to uh, kill them, <laughs> kill them. You also don't have to right. go in the opposite direction, like you just said, of giving them a hug. What? What? Yeah. What? I mean, I, I there was a girl. There was a woman at my job who told a girl to get off the phone. And when the woman hung up the phone, because they allow them to now use the staff phone in the office to make out out call. She took the receiver and beat that woman with that receiver. So I already know. I mean, it's like, and what did they do? They basically just grabbed her and held her. They did not, they didn't twist her up. You know, we, you know, you, you attack our own. That's how we used to be. We, you know, we get you to where you would not fight. You do not want to fight again, but you have to change your tactics. Now There's different ways of doing things, how to handle stuff. You gotta, you, you gotta think, and they, they know how to do it. They don't want to spend the money. Is what they don't want to do. They don't. I mean, because it's going to cost you. If not, you're going to have more people. You know, it's not going to be enough money that they could pay someone to take that job. Because being a police officer is a tough job. Dealing with the public, I wouldn't want it. Well, it's, and it's really yeah, a crap but that's that's the thing. It is of- nobody denies that. You know, there is there are very few other jobs where they give you a gun as part of the job. Back when I was doing corporate day jobs, if I was assigned a pistol when when I started the job, I probably would have a much different view of the importance of Excel spreadsheets. Uh, they did not, however. The thing is, 
it, you should know that you are entering a dangerous job. You are entering a job that is like very few others. But like we were saying earlier, education, knowledge is also right. an important tool for the job. It, it is a hard job, but if you can do it well and effectively, that's going to make it a lot easier. And well, yeah, they, they you're gave, dealing they gave with me pepper spray. I mean, I, I've had, I've had, I'm on, my, I'm on my second can of pepper spray. I've never used it. Well, because structure, when you're dealing with juveniles, which is, they're still criminals, you have to know how to structure. And probation got to the point that now they let them do whatever they want to do. And if, I hope that uh, with police officers, though, we can't do that. We got to, we really have, like, you know, Kat was saying, martial arts. You know, we got to find other ways to take people down and bring them in instead of the first thing that you do is grab your gun. And that's what these guys were doing. The first thing that they were teaching them, grab your gun. Well, and that's one, one question. You said they gave you pepper spray. Did they give you a gas mask? No. So here's, here's Kat, I, I see the look of confusion on your face. Have you ever, have you ever been pepper sprayed or been around, been on a scene? I, ha- I haven't pepper sprayed it, but one time I had to, so I, I got my pepper spray for the first time and my boyfriend who I lived with at the time was like, um, you need to try out pepper spray. <laughs> and we were like 19. You know where this is going. Yep. So I like shook it and I sprayed it onto the refrigerator because I wanted to, like, so I went, see, it works, right? And then I left to go do something. <laughs> and then he was like, oh my God, my eyes were burning. I had to open all of yeah. the windows. Uh-huh. And, yeah. you know, I and cleaned it off. It was the worst. One time I had pepper spray in my pocket and I got like a chemical burn because it leaked out oh, a little shit. bit into my pants. And so that's why I'm asking time and if they gave you guys gas masks too, because the thing is pepper spray versus a gun, you shoot a gun unless there's a misfire or something. The bullet is going in one direction that is away from you. So even if it doesn't hit your intended target, with the exception of ricochets, it's not going to hit you. Pepper spray, on the other hand, that shit goes everywhere so if you don't have a gas mask and you got a can of pepper spray you are definitely going to think twice before you just bust out the pepper spray indiscriminately no, no, they, they when they were having riots and fights there was a guy at my at, at, at the spot his name was we called him sprayfield he was a jewish cat <laughs> his name was sprayfield and he's a heavy smoker ship we gotta get him we gotta know how to deal with him ship and this kid was talking shit to him, and the reason why they call him Sprayfield, you talking shit? Yeah, he would. If the kid's behind the door in his room, he would spray under the door. <laughs> oh yeah, they sprayed them in the ass. They sprayed them. They they sprayed them everywhere. I mean, you know, I mean, they used to go spray crazy. Oh hell yeah, trust me. They're like, oh you talking shit, you little prick. You know, kid was laying down, you know, and he was acting a fool. Kid got sprayed in the balls. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. Got him. Got him. Yeah. Talk shit now. You know, I mean, they didn't they didn't spray the girl who was throwing her feces at people, which they probably should. But, they, they you know, she was she was really high. That one. She was just out of it. Yeah. But yeah, we, but we've you, been there. Dave. You get yeah, the. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I'm not I'm not saying you aren't, but it's 
I, I think knowing that you also are going to suffer some consequences and yeah, they didn't think maybe about not that. As bad. Hey, can we have gas mask? Never happened. Not in probation. Uh, uh-uh. no one's ever been given a gas mask. Um, and you know, they don't think and true. Yeah. You got to open up all the doors. You got to, the kids get sprayed. He's got to go through the whole process. You got to call the nurse right away, get everybody, you know, and it, it just, it really becomes just a mess. It does. And it's all because the kids out of control are coming from, but they let you know when they bring you in off the street that you have to sign that you, they let you know you will be pepper sprayed. Now it got to the point. They didn't want it. We, we don't use, they don't want us using the pepper spray at all. They don't want you to spray. So you, you got it. I mean, mine's been sitting in my bag. I don't know. I mean, they, they, they measure, you know, they measure your, your can every, every three or four months. I've never sprayed it at all. I should really have things laid out. Like these are the circumstances under which you can use the spray. These are the circumstances in which you can't. That would make life a lot easier instead of just being like never. Because I'm I'm sure there's times where you probably should, you know, when things are really getting dangerous. You got to know how to structure. If you know how to structure, cat, you don't have to pull your pepper spray. When you know how to talk to people, like you said, de-escalation. Now, if a minor attacks you. You know, hey, you don't have time to get your pepper spray. You're trying to defend yourself. But if you're trying to talk to him and de-escalate, like you talk to a kid that's angry, you know, you give him room and say, hey, man, I totally understand what's going on. Let's talk about it, blah, blah, blah. You go down and you go through the whole thing. Now, if he attacks staff, then that's different. You know, if he starts, if he starts throwing things and, you know, like we have kids that tell you, man, I'm not going down right now, which means, you know, go down to your room. We have him. I said, leave him in the day room. There's nothing in there for him to break. He can't touch anything. If he wants to, that wall is never that brick wall has never lost a fight. So I don't have to worry about him hitting the wall. So, and we just leave him in there until he calms down. So you have to deal with it now. It's just it's just a, a, a way to to. I, I can't say always it works, but in my 30 years, I've only I haven't had a lot of restraints, and I haven't had to do that. It's just how you know how to structure minors and talk to them. And if you look at that on a grander scale, good leadership, especially in a time of crisis, uh, whether it be a pandemic or racial issues that are centuries old, bubbling up to a head yet again, because nobody has done anything about it, you know, since the last time, uh, it, it is about trying to calm people down, trying to bring people together. Instead... We are are blessed with a president who says that you have to arrest peaceful protesters, throw them in jail for 10 years. You need to dominate the streets. And um, that's that's not really working out. That's that's not working out very well at all. I'm so glad, so glad that Mattis came out and gave his opinion on things and said, you know, this is how things are. This is the first time we've had a leader that actively tries to divide us rather than unite us yeah and and he makes such a good point and he really articulated it well and i think the more people of his ilk that come out to say this the better because it's going to make the republicans who are right on that margin right on that line you know of each time it's going to be a few more of them a few hundred thousand more that say oh wow mattis came out now I'm going to join the other side. 
oh, wow, this other guy came out and I'm going to join the other side. Slowly, it picks away. Yeah. And yeah, even, yeah, even if you they... Have Murkowski, you have Murkowski who's mm-hmm. talking about, yeah. you know, who wants to come out and speak. But she said she doesn't know if she's going to support him. But, you know, the fact... I mean, Mattis is a scholar. He's not just a general. This guy is not... He has... Trump has shot down some of the smartest people that we have. We have... For people to say we don't, they're elitist. Oh, they're, you know, they're they're just talking above and looking down on you. No, asshole. These are people who are sharing with you basic, basic knowledge and ethics and morals and values of how to lead this country. And if you can't get with that, then you are just an ignorant motherfucker. That well, we can do. Yeah. You're just ignorant. And I think one of the one of the problems is that uh, education and and knowledge is intangible. So if you could explain it to people that what LeBron James is to basketball, because you you know what he does, you can see him doing it on the court. Guys like Mattis are to strategy and to history. And this is a time when we need to bring our our LeBrons of history and of strategy off the bench. And I think one of the biggest problems with the left is that we tend to get lost in, in the forest and not be able to see the forest for the trees. So we, the three of us, well, Kat, you haven't, well, actually, no, I think you started this. Uh, you started this. It, it was the Latinx chick. I swear she started it, officer. Um, but the, the acknowledgement that Mattis is doing a good thing. There are a lot of people on the far left that would, would cancel all three of us for our support for this, uh, military tool of the oppressor. And, the thing is, yeah, I I could sit here and go off for hours on how cowardly it is for Mattis to do this now than when he was a part of this administration and could potentially have done something to affect change then that could have prevented this whole thing. Not denying that, but you know what? Let's praise the guy for doing it now and for being a leader that is causing other generals and other people who are in high positions of influence on the right to come out and, and agree with him. One of the time you brought up, well, wait, hang on a second, Kat, because time brought up Lisa Murkowski. And I thought it was really interesting what she said. And it was so telling because rather than actually taking a stance and and saying that she was inspired by by Mattis speaking out to speak out herself, she came out and basically said, um, "Yeah, I listen. I I just want to say that I'm a coward, and I I think General Mattis's words have given me a lot to think about, and and they may inspire me to to come out of of hiding behind my party and actually doing the right thing not there yet but his words have have inspired me to think about it <laughs> got her arms and and i think that's it's a step it's it's still like susan collins concerned level doing nothing but it's at least admitting that she's doing nothing 
cat. <laughs> I let think you rip, have cat. something Come to on, say. Let her rip, let her rip, cat. <laughs> What a freaking useless person. <laughs> I I agree, but admitting that she has a problem is the first step, and I encourage it that. It is, and oh, man. Ah, Sometimes I just am at a loss for words. Uh-huh. I am. But I, I, I know, right? Yeah. Um, but you mentioned that we could all three be canceled for this. Um by people on the far left. I think it's it's insane that anyone who's showing support for this should be canceled, even if it is someone like Mattis. Like we need to I need to choose my words carefully. Um, I, th- I think support is support, and we need to move the movement forward without antagonizing our own people. I know there's a lot of folks who are going to disagree with me, but like I saw. I have a friend who she and her husband are very privately wealthy and she posted a, a just an Instagram post that said love in a cool creative little way that she spelled the letters and uh, she got eaten up. Folks were like, how's not the time to be posting apolitical bullshit? And she goes, uh, my husband and I donate hundreds of thousands of dollars to help urban communities and his company has a million dollar annual grant to black athletes what a couple of assholes (laughs) how dare um, they (laughs) yeah and so what i'm getting at you know and that's this is an opinion of people who would come after us for saying you thank you mattis for coming out or call mattis a horrible evil tool and saying his support doesn't matter and fuck him or, you know, I feel like the same person is the type of person who would go after someone who's not posting the right kind of posts. Yeah. Support posts. Well, I mean, I mean, there are, I mean like, there, there are black people who are being attacked because they say, hey, this is a we thing. And I'm glad to see other people coming out. And because color has been injected into our society so much. I look at like I, I, I'm with you. I like what Mattis had to say. I've been waiting for people. I'm always saying, how can someone actually sit up and embrace what this man is saying or just sit back and allow him to do what he's doing? And you know he's wrong, but you won't say it. And then you want to wait. Like, what what, what was the guy with the thick mustache? The the John Bolton going to write the book. Bolton. Where the hell is Bolton at? Have we heard from Bolton? Bolton should have said something a long time. We uh, never he's saw probably that hiding in his own book. bunker. I just, yeah. I just believe that you know, when someone joins the party, you welcome them in, and you don't say, "Why'd you come? You didn't wear the right shoes." Yeah, well, or, or, you know, you know, when like, the firemen you say thank you for the support, uh, and sure, you can privately talk shit, be like, "I don't know, I don't like how she supported them." I'm not saying you can't talk shit, but like. It just sucks when people publicly will go after someone or cancel them, even though they joined the party. Yeah, the you know when when I was in when I was in college, uh, and I mean you guys both we've known each other long enough. You knew when I had long hair as as a grown up. Hippie, but yeah, well that so it's that and and I'm I'm laughing. That is exactly the point of the story that I that I'm about to tell. This is a little anecdote. But when I was in college, 
you know, and I, I had the long hair and, and many, many earrings and everything. And, you know, I, I looked like the pot smoker that I was. And when normal, the, the national organization to reform uh, marijuana laws would be holding rallies and stuff. People would be like, Hey, are you, are you going to the normal rally? And I would say, no, like, dude, you really, why? And I told him because one more person that looks like me on, on the steps of city hall protesting in favor of weed is not going to change any of the minds that need to be changed. Seeing, seeing someone with short hair and a suit out there doing it, that that's going to speak their language. That's what's going to get them to listen. So when someone like Mattis, who is definitely not on team treasonable speaks out in agreement with our message, He's not talking to us. He's talking to the people that listen to people that look like him. So, yeah, I'm not going to agree with everything he's done over his career, but I am going to be very thankful for the fact that at least he is speaking up. He could have done you know, more Dave, before. We have to cancel people for 140 word tweets. If they tweet one thing wrong, we can never <laughs> speak to them again. And they need to be shunned and put in a small box and in a basement buried in a bunker. <laughs> We're going to need a lot more bunkers. <laughs> and, and, you know, the fact uh, it's, it's, it's great that Mattis came out because they're trying. So that, that Obamagate narrative is also still being pushed right now, <laughs> along with you know, the uh, with what we're doing to the protesters by clearing a spade for Trump to go and do his photo op. But they're going after the, the fact is that they're, we're going to get them. We're going to get Obama this time. And they're saying, oh, they're all on trial and they're going. No, you're not. He's not going to jail. Even William Barr came out and said, I'm not going to try and put that guy in jail. You, I'll you, look like a laughing stock. You know who's been uh, whipping up the flames, so to speak, about Obama's complicity in in this travesty of justice that we're all going through is Lindsey Graham, who uh, oh senator God. from from South Carolina, who's been in the news a little bit yeah. this week because a uh, gay porn star who. You know, a lot of his friends are sex workers in D.C. and and not the lady folk sex workers. I'm talking about the men. Uh, but apparently, Senator Graham is well known uh, amongst the the male sex workers of Washington D.C. as Lady G. And oh, that's who Lady G is. Yeah. I thought it was Lady Gaga who did something. No, oh, is like, this why, why you were asking Lady about Gaga? Lady? No, yeah, no, this is Lady G, oh. uh, the the distinguished senator from South Carolina. And before we get further into this, because it it shouldn't need to be said to anyone who listens to this show, but let it be said. There is nothing wrong with being gay. There is nothing wrong, you know, except for breaking local laws with hiring sex workers. And maybe that's more a problem with the laws than with what you're doing. That's not the point of this conversation right here. No one is getting shamed for being gay. If anything, Lindsey Graham is getting shamed for being extremely homophobic in his legislation that he has sponsored and sided with over his years in government and the hypocrisy of sponsoring and standing up for that legislation. If indeed as alleged 
by a number of male sex workers who have been paid by Lady G for their services, uh, as alleged by them. The, the, the crime, what we are saying is wrong, is not the being gay, it's not the hiring sex workers. It is the hypocrisy of doing that and being that while sponsoring and standing up for legislation against what you have deemed is fine for you to partake in. So with that being said, uh, yeah, interesting time because uh, Lady G or Lindsey Graham, as he is also known, uh, is up for re-election. And what I've been seeing polling, possibly unlike Lady G, has gotten extremely tight. Uh, so, and that's that's one of the other things allegedly that is going to come out if the sex workers speak, is that uh, Lady G is not just into men, but is into the younger men. Pray tell the illegally younger men. Which is... monkey and choke the chicken. Well, (laughs) if you could stay home and do that, you wouldn't have gotten yourself in the trouble that may be brewing for you, Lady G. But that apparently is the compromise that the Soviets and therefore, or the Soviets, the Russians. So I was listening to that damn Sting song because it's good. And I wrote a joke about Sting earlier this week. Uh, this is how my brain works. Anyway, but yeah, so the compromise that the Russians and by extension Trump has on Lindsey Graham and how Lindsey Graham went from being, you know, tolerable and, you know, the the sidekick to John McCain and and saying on video in press opportunities before the election in 2016 that Donald Trump was a racist and horrible and all the all the things he said to turning around and being, you know, for lack of a better term, Trump's butt boy. That explains it, and it's oh yeah. So so basically, what you're saying, sorry for the for the dumb people out there, you're saying that Lindsey Graham was being himself. Then the Russians were like, "We got some dirt on you," and he was like, "Oh fuck!" And then he that's why he did his 180, and suddenly he's Trump's butt boy. Exactly, and this is wow. This, by the way, great moment to plug villains of history. If you haven't listened to it, this is this is one of the things that Cat does. It's very informative, uh, but breaking down into (laughs) like the more understandable terms what's going on so yeah that's that's exactly what's happening there and it'll be interesting to see you know there it's it's so hard to be a a comedian be a smart ass and like you hear the words about to come out of yourself and you can't stop but yeah that's what we're gonna see coming to a head this week Wow. I'm just so glad Lady G is not Lady Gaga. I would be so mad if they canceled her. It's, I listen to her constantly. Well, and it's so funny. Before the before uh, the show, that was one of the things that Kat brought up was, yeah, something's up. People, there's like, everyone's like getting into Lady Gaga on social media. I don't know what's happening. Um, 
And but it's it's interesting because now that it's like because you know I've been paying maybe a little less attention to pop culture than I normally do, uh, which is usually a lot. So yeah, I knew Lady Gaga just released an album, but I didn't know there was any backlash. But when we were talking about this before the show, I I've had a couple of thoughts this week. Just a couple, you know, trying to limit myself. It is pandemic times. Uh, so I want to make sure there's enough thoughts for everybody. So two of the thoughts that I had this week. Oh, my God. I just admitted that I've had more than two thoughts. No. I know. The hypocrisy. <laughs> but coming off this Lady Gaga thing, because when we were talking about it before the show, you know, we, we were talking about how this is kind of a difficult time to be in entertainment and, you know, I know there are some people who've been releasing projects, whether it be TV shows or albums, releasing them ahead of schedule because, you know, hey, I, w- I want to give people a distraction in in these much needed times. Uh, but how do you how do you then promote that without sounding like you're making everything all about you or as you were saying with your friend who just posted love, you know, that how, how dare you distract from, from what's going on? It's like, you know, we all need a breather. So with that in mind, I I was thinking about how one of the, the big fake enemies that we are all supposed to be afraid of again is Antifa. And having worked in marketing and advertising, I I sometimes turn my thoughts to things like marketing and advertising. And it is, it's one of those things that makes so little sense to me is that if you, and I don't want to stereotype here, but in the grand scheme of things, if you are looking at the left side of the political spectrum versus the right side of the political spectrum, we have a lot more of the creative people over here on the left yet somehow the folks on the right have gotten much better at messaging than we are and i was thinking about that you guys are like where the fuck is he going with this the the whole idea of antifa which if you don't know which if you listen to the show i'm sure you know it is short for anti-fascist and I think we need to get their branding back in gear as anti-fascists. It doesn't take that much longer to say. And Antifa, well, that sounds a little mysterious. That sounds a little scary. It's a lot easier to rile people up against Antifa than it is. And I'm, I'm speaking about, you know, sensible people than it is to get them to freak out about how they need to be afraid of anti-fascists because when you call them anti-fascists and then you listen to the the attorney general the president senators like tom cotton who should know better talking about how america needs to fight this anti-fascist threat that really puts you squarely, if you're saying stuff like that, that puts you on the side of the fascists. If you are against Antifa, you are pro-fascist. And I think 
the the folks who are doing and because antifa is a, you know it's an amorphous it's more of an idea than a structured group there aren't group meetings there aren't elections for a board of directors it's it's like greece it's 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 a time it's a place <laughs> it's a motion uh <laughs> but i i think if I thought you were People, talking about the country, to be honest. I was like, oh, wow. I didn't know they were so poorly governed. <laughs> well, the no, no, no. <laughs> no, no, not the, the country, Greece. That's a totally different musical. The, the uh, song. Yeah, the, the song. Yeah. The, yeah. Greece is the town, it's the place, it's the motion. Got but, move it, got feeling. Bam, 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 bam. Yeah. Uh, so I think, you know, the folks who are speaking and acting on behalf of Antifa, Let's rebrand. We're we are we're anti-fascists again. We don't need a nickname. I, I want to say this about Antifa, though, and really, it's a comment on all amorphous organizations. And there are ones that we now support that are great. You know, Black Lives Matter started very amorphously. Occupy, very amorphous. And the the problem when we leave things amorphous is that it's easy for them to be attacked because typically, if it's poorly structured. You get cuckoos on the edges who will do whatever they want. And, and this is not this is not about Antifa now. This is about, you know, from my understanding of organizational psychology and management. And if you had a company with no leadership and just a bunch of people, they would go in all of directions and they would never move forward and accomplish a goal. And so when you have those amorphous groups, they're not going to do shit and they're going to self-sabotage because you're going to get, you know, one group of people is going to have one charismatic leader who says, let's burn down fucking everything. And then the other one is going to be like, well, maybe we could think about this a bit more and, and uh, attack certain uh, things that would, you know, like a chess, like a Rube Goldberg machine, undo fascism. And you know, if you think about it strategically and you have people who are good at that kind of thought. They can lay out like a whole map of all the options of actions they can take and pick the right ones such that you accomplish the right goal in a period of time, right? And then you get everybody on board. And then everybody on board follows the strategy and then you accomplish it. That's how you get things done. And you don't get things done when it's a hundred people, each with a group of 10 people under them, and they're moving in a million directions. And so Antifa's, if they're going to be amorphous, then this is what's going to happen. And they're not yeah. going to get anything well, done. And it's well, one thing about the, uh, the, the, like, if you look at the Black Lives, Lives, Black Lives Matter movement, they are, they're going to have to keep this going. See, the, the one thing about these protests and everything that are going on, which also, to say that Black people's problem is an economic problem, because if they could come together, as other groups have, which is what they've been trying to do for years with all the monies and different things and knowing that the consumer buying power that black people have, you know, you could take, you know, black, the movement of Black Lives Matter and move it in a way of economics and start to create those particular programs that, I mean, because as I was thinking about today, the, the scholars are there, the professors, the, the economics, I mean, it's all there to keep the movement Moving forward is really nothing against. It's just trying where, where blacks are trying to have the same rights and benefits as everybody else and not have someone come in and, and burn it down. So that's all of that is there. 
you still got to fight the racism, which is the ignorance of our society. It's, it's embedded into it. But I think, as you're saying, with these, they start small and they can end up in different ways. As they get more organized, Black Lives Matter and, and any of the other groups they may have, if they move forward in, in, in a positive way and learn that, you know, collectively uh, with other groups or with other races that they can work with, but in the, they're just doing this saying, hey, we have nothing against anyone else. We're just trying to make sure that this is a fair thing for, for blacks and, and, and young blacks today so they can have those things. So you would, you know, you put all that together. I think that's the way you get the, they become more organized and moving their groups forward. And BLM is going in that direction. I, I yeah. They absolutely are. And I hope. I hope if they aren't already that they get like, okay, like this is the West chapter or the, the oh, Los yeah. Angeles no, chapter do. and so forth. It's, they it's have a, that, right? Yeah. I mean, right. it's like, last I heard about yeah, there's, the, there's the LA chapter I do know of. And I think there's one in New York, you know, and I, I, I really believe if they get also, you got the athletes, you got, you know, you got all your celebrities, everybody, you got all the people, you got everything laid out. You can keep this movement going, getting everyone involved, and bring and, and getting it, you know, having those discussions with your political leaders and moving and having that movement go forward. Having now that, you are, having that yeah, formal yeah. organization, I think, is yes. going to really help them. And it it's it's like having a car, like uh, an organization that is not formal. It's just a bunch of pieces. Is like a bunch of people holding car parts but not soldering them together, you know, and that's well, not a car that works. There's that old Johnny it. Cash song about stealing a car uh, one piece at a time. Yeah. Uh, and when you solder them together into a car, now you have a car, now you move forward. Antifa needs to do the same thing. If they, if they take themselves seriously, they need to figure out who is the leader at the top. How are they going to organize this thing? What do they stand for? What don't they stand for? What actions are okay on the part of Antifa? What is not okay? And then have spokespeople who go out and defend it. Well, not let's, just be let's, let's start calling people. them anti-fascists. Let's start with the marketing and the branding. And, and we move from there. Because I think language is so important. I mean, as comedians, we all know this. Word selection. There is a reason we write jokes the way we do. And I, I think once again, and it, it sounds trite, it sounds glib, but it is about the messaging. It's about the branding. Start calling them anti-fascists because when they are known as anti-fascists instead of Antifa, and we make the opposition use the name anti-fascists, it's kind of like how the Republicans have gotten everything that used to be branded democratic to be branded Democrat because it really focuses on the word rat and it, it makes it sound more menacing. It's, it's this, there are studies yeah, done like on this. So, it, right. You know, so the point uh, is yeah. like you, we need to normalize the use of the name anti-fascist so that when Bill Barr, or some future corrupt attorney general is up there talking to the cameras and saying, we need to defeat the anti-fascists. Then he is basically admitting we are fascist. Anti-fascists are our enemies. Therefore we are fascist. So it it's about the branding. It's, it's those little things that 
sink into people's psyches. I think it's one of the reasons why Trump is losing part of his fan base. If you look at the polling this week, and I, I think a lot of his base are starting to come around to understanding that his policies affect them too. You know, back when we started putting kids in cages and sending people out over the border, there were a lot of news stories about people in the Midwest who voted for Trump and and were all in support of him deporting these illegals until they found out that like the guy who owns the restaurant that they love where they take their family every weekend got deported and there was that sense of well we just thought he was gonna gonna act out against the bad ones not not the good ones that we like and they're realizing that these policies that and not all of them dear lord not enough of them but they are realizing that if you're gonna be team trump you can't be team clive and bundy there is there is no good and bad sort of grayscale with what the government is doing. They are shooting peaceful protesters who they see as opposed to them. And right now, you, you because of your misguided beliefs, you believe that these protesters are also against what you stand for. But it is coming into their heads that, wait a minute, if they're going to like send out the tear gas and, and the pepper bullets against these guys, what's to keep them from doing it to us when they decide that we're the threat? It's like in, was it Lethal Weapon 3 with the South Africans? You know, or I'm just looking down to make sure I'm not standing on plastic. You know, these yeah. the, the, the folks, yeah. there are some people in his base that are starting to, to look down to make sure they're not standing on plastic. They're putting the pieces together. They're getting it that as soon as they are seen as an obstacle, this is going to affect them. Yeah. And absolutely. You know, I think they're also seeing that, you know, the stark difference with how some Americans are treated versus others. When just weeks ago, they were protesting uh, for their haircuts with AK-47s. Uh, right. And now people are protesting to not be killed without AK-47s. <laughs> and the treatment is vastly different. And there's no way you can escape the reality of that. You can't. That's fake news. Fake news. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, well, and I think, you know, uh, again, as branding, you know, fake news, quote unquote, is very quickly by a lot of the people who believe those who scream it, it's starting to be acknowledged as, and I use the term adult loosely, but the adult version of la, 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 I am not listening to you, la, la. And they're realizing that. And it's baby steps. It's not happening soon enough. It's not happening fast enough. But it's happening. And accelerating accelerating the fact that it's happening is the looting and and the rioting yeah. and it's it's but, but, not you know the best way but you know fuck nothing else worked well but just like cat was saying you know they're not showing up with ak-47s uh you went from complaining about your haircuts 
you know, okay, we opened the doors, you didn't care about that, but now you've got to deal with one of the biggest problems, the, the inequality opened the door to show right along with these people standing with their guns for a haircut, it shows even what's been sitting under that's been waiting to rise up for so long. And that pandemic is still racism along with all your other little crap that you've been, all, you know, that's like, that's like the white women who have been calling the police on guys, the, you know, the woman that called the police on the brother because he told her to put a leash on her dog. Oh, Amy Cooper. Yeah. You know, I mean, this is the, the, that's all being exposed. That's all this stuff is coming out. You thought your haircut was bad? Guess what? We got something even worse. We got something that's called uh, <laughs> killing a brother by standing on his standing on his neck. That's yep. what we got for you now. So what about your haircuts now? <laughs> Where are the guys with the guns now, huh? You know, I, I still wanted to see the brothers show up with the gun. I would have really loved about 200 brothers to show up in Michigan with their guns. I bet you they would have shit. Yeah. They were like, oh, my God, black people have guns. Yeah, we oh, do. they would and send now, in the military. They're <laughs> coming for us. Like, yep. Yeah, get the military now. Yeah. Uh, well, I, we do. We already kill them because they don't have guns. I mean, you know, I mean, shit. So yeah. we definitely have a reason to kill them if they got a gun now. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. Didn't you see him? He had a gun. He was pointing it at me. Yeah. And this whole thing. He, re- he He's reaching for your gun. And, you know, like, yeah. Really? He, yeah. he's in a wheelchair and has no arms. How exactly was he reaching yeah. for your gun? What did he do there? Uh, I, 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 I was going to say just a woman in Louisville, you know, they're telling you to remember her name. Brianna. Uh, Brianna. They want everybody to, to say her name, say her name because those cops didn't have their cameras on. Yeah. They didn't have them on. And that's why they, that's why they all got fired so quick. Why was it in your camera? You kicked the door in. And the guy thought he was being robbed. He fired one shot, and next thing you know, they they shot like twenty times and hit her eight times. Yeah, that, that's asleep. that's another benefit of of the protesting. It's not ending racism, but uh, I have heard that there are states that are ending no knock raids, and you know that's the cops busted in without announcing they were cops. Her boyfriend thought they yeah. were getting broken into. He had a gun, licensed, allowed. He shot, firefight ensued, she died. So, yeah. Right. So there there are incremental changes. There's little things, and it it's all going to add up to a big picture someday, hopefully sooner than later. To that end, this is a super long episode, so we do want to wrap up soon. But uh, because it is an election year, because we are – focused on not just pointing out problems, but pitching solutions. Joe Biden clinched the necessary number of delegates to get the nomination, should the conference indeed go that way, as it most likely will. So as the presumptive candidate, it is more relevant now than ever as to who his VP choice is going to be. And with George Floyd getting killed in Minneapolis and the news coming out that working as a prosecutor, Amy Klobuchar was in part responsible for the cop who killed him to be able to keep his job. So a lot of people are saying that takes her out of the running for the VP slot. But just putting it out there, you know, Val Dennings is uh, getting a lot of talk. 
She's a former police chief and current representative from Florida. Black female. Uh, police chief. Yeah. Yeah. But people, but, but are, don't. Mm, doesn't former, th- former police chief, current representative. Yeah. I think the left would not like it. Well. They'd, they'd be like, fuck the police. Like, you know what I mean? Coming like, straight from the underground. Really yeah. Not happy with anything cop related. But I well, mean. Also, uh, Dave, I, I, I uh, thought you were getting ready to talk about it, but uh, the, the, you know, uh, Kamala was battling uh, Rand Paul about the lynching uh, yeah. bill. You know, yeah, so which Kamala, yeah, Kamala, they they jumped in Rand's ass pretty good. But she they, and uh, Cory they, they blocked it. Yeah, but VP picks. What do you guys think? I mean, so if if not, oh, I'm an Elizabeth Warren fan, so that's who I'm cheering for. That's why I hope it is. I think that would shore up some of that support on the far left. Although I also know those exact same people were shitting all over her uh, and going like, she's a Republican. But you know what? She's more of a progressive than Biden. And I think it would get some of them to get on board who might not have been on board. Although I feel like anybody who was a Warren fan was going to vote for Biden because we're very reasonable people speaking as a Warren fan who <laughs> went to a Warren rally and met a bunch of other Warren fans. It's like everybody who loved Elizabeth Warren listens to NPR and definitely is a paying member <laughs> of KCRW. And, yeah. and we're all like very calm. It was a very like, Oh, like this is such a nice rally. Oh, and would you like my banana bread recipe? Oh yes. They make it with fair trade bananas. <laughs> And and by the way, not to say that KPCC listeners aren't also reasonable. All public radio listeners, uh, yes, <laughs> and supporters. I, I, I really think that. I mean, I wouldn't mind Elizabeth Warren because I want her to, you know, really go after these guys with the regulations and uh, you know the whole Wall Street and, and what's the name? You know, just because you got a lot of people. I mean, Trump got rid of all your special uh, your. Uh, the, the uh, inspector generals. He got rid of four inspector generals, and that and that's the reason why a lot of small businesses you didn't know where that money went. And I want people to be, you know, to know have someone in there that's going to know where the money is going, because a lot of those big corporations got got part of that money and no one knew. It's like there was no one to check them, and he knew it. That's why he got rid of the inspector general because yeah. he did not want anybody checking where the money went. So. I like Kamala. I'll go, you know, any three of the, it's hard for me to pick right now, but I would take Warren because that's what I would want Warren to do to go after the financial guy. I still say that, you know, those guys need to be paying way more taxes because it was Reagan who changed the tax deal a long time ago. And it's amazing how poor white people actually stand up for the billionaires. And it's like, dude, they, they, you can't hurt them. They, they don't do anything for you. Yeah. But, why, you know, what, what, why, why are you voting for him? I mean, this, you, you, you forget there's no way they're going to help you. I think it's, I I think it's a certain level of aspirational thinking. It's like they don't care about your business. Your business is too small, doesn't matter. And you, you don't have that kind of money. Like, don't vote for what you see as your future. Vote to make that future. But... If you are not rich, just because you want to be rich doesn't make sense to vote for the people who are only supporting the rich. It's like, it's, you're not going to get there. 
Maybe reconsider once you finally are rich, but until you are, stop voting against your own interests. Why are you hitting yourself? Which yeah. any any younger sibling or maybe way too many older siblings knows the significance of why you're hitting yourself. Why are you hitting yourself? Stop doing it. Yeah. Stop letting the government take your hand and make you punch yourself in the face. If you've ever been on a road I, trip I get, with an older you know, sibling. I get when small businesses want to you know, up their business and do things. But there's got to be regulations for someone to stand up for you if someone is screwing you. Yeah. You've got to have somebody. You can't get – this guy has gotten rid of everyone who could – you know, who's watching the store? See, and that's type of thing, you know? That's who's one watching of the, the store. One of the other interesting things, and we've talked about this on the show a lot, you know, looking at most of the folks who were in the running, who were Democratic candidates for the presidency at some point in this election cycle, it was like a dream team. Like that was your future cabinet. You know, I I don't remember how long ago. We even played the Alan Parsons, you know, Chicago Bulls uh, song, Serious. And now you're a world champion, you know. And when you look at all the candidates and you had people who, like Elizabeth Warren, who would be amazing as a secretary of commerce, as well as as an attorney general, as well as as a vice president. You have Kamala Harris, who would be a great VP, who would be a, a great attorney general. And you look at all these people with their multiple strengths that would enable them to serve in multiple positions in a cabinet, not all at once. I mean, not everyone can be Jared Kushner. But then you look at like the people from the 2016 election cycle. And it's like, well, Ben Carson, he was a brain surgeon. Uh, he's black. Uh, put him in urban housing and urban development. Put him in there. Rick Perry, what could he do? Uh, next question, please. Uh, um, oops, I forgot. It's like you have all these multi-purpose people on the Democratic side. And in the last election cycle, all these useless barely single-purpose morons on the right. And the folks on the right and in Camp Trump, all they really have to go on to attack the Democrats is they think they're better than us. And the ego is so powerful, it works. Wow. <laughs> yeah, but I think, you know, there are a lot of people who are coming to realize that, you know what, they actually, they are. And maybe we need to listen to the people who are, are better at this than us. Because, you know, what's what's three years of MAGA gotten you? Well, we, you know, we got a pandemic that is wildly out of control, not blaming the virus itself on the Republicans, but the spread can definitely be traced. You want to go to contact tracing, the spread of the virus can be traced to the lack of leadership from the top. Uh, so we got that. We got riots in the streets. We got protests because the cops can't keep themselves from killing black people and pushing down old white men, which there's got to be a job where you can't, you know, because it's, it's, it's got us. This is a shitty time to be in HR for the police because like now that you're taking killing black people and 
beating up the elderly off the table. What's going to draw people to the job? Those were the perks. You got to kill black people and push old folks around. Who doesn't want to do that? Well, if you don't, maybe there's a job for you at the police department. If you do, I don't know, Paul Blart Mall Cop? You can do something. There, there, there are a lot of warehouse jobs that that are are good for people like you. If if you want to beat up old people, yeah, get off my lawn. Well, you know, put you in a job where you don't have to deal with old people. Yep, it's just a thought. And I'm done thinking for the week. It's uh, it's Saturday. It's it's a beautiful day in Los Angeles. Uh, I'm I'm gonna watch some protests on TV and try and stay healthy so I can keep doing this show and encouraging people to get out there and take the risks that I'm not willing to take, but I'm willing to admit that. But yeah, we've we've been yammering uh, for quite a while, so uh, let's let's let our weekend start. Um, I want to start by thanking you guys for being here on the panel and taking your time today. It has been quite an episode. Cat Alvarado, thank you so much for being here. Should you so desire, where can uh, where can people catch up with you online? See what you got going on, yo. Thanks for having me. Yeah, you can find me on Twitter or Instagram at the Cat Alvarado. C A T A L V A R A D O. You can find me on TikTok. My TikTok is blowing up, you guys. Get on there. Get in on the ground floor. Um, it's a beast. Cat Alvarado comedy at TikTok. Uh, and you listen to my podcast, Villains of History. Season three will be starting in not too long soon. I just need to get the energy to do it. <laughs> right on. It's like a 20 episode commitment once I start the season. So I got to make sure I'm I'm ready for it. But listen to the episodes that are out there. It's an excellent podcast. Season three, let me tease that a little bit. First goal is 10 episodes, but first at least five episodes are going to be black history, civil rights with black comedians on to give them a voice and a platform. Um, use, you know, use what I can, uh, which is it's better to do it on my podcast than on my Instagram or anything else, because that's just a picture or a meme. And what's way more powerful is to actually hear people speak. Amen, sister. Well, thank you. Thank you for being here. And I am biased uh, because I, I have uh, done some work on the show, but it is it is a great show. So definitely check that out. And Kat, always a pleasure having you on this show. Thank so thanks again for being here. Mr. Time and Ship, again, always a pleasure to have you here as well. Should you so desire, where can people catch up with what you've got going on online? Swing low, sweet chariot. <laughs> Come and tell me home. No. Um, you can catch me at Time and Ship at uh, Instagram, Time and Ship at Twitter, Time and Ship at Facebook. Or you can get my book on Amazon.com, My East St. Louis, as well as my CD, Universal Brother. You can uh, get it also on Amazon and iTunes. Yes. Yeah. And, uh, you know, power to the people, as always. Yeah, power. Stand up there, boy. Yeah, power. Yeah. Power to the yeah. people. Raising my fist yeah. in salute. Yeah. Say it loud. I'm black and I'm proud, goddammit. <laughs> Man, James Brown live at the Apollo. That's right, bro. Yeah. Was it 19, hey! 1968? There's like just an epic, amazing live recording of, uh, I think he, he uh, was with the JBs back then. 
Famous yeah. Flames were, were already in the rear view. But yeah, fucking amazing concert. Just uh, so, so great. Uh, I am Dr. David Robinson, and you can catch up with me online on the Facebook, Dr. David Robinson. On the Twitter, I am at Stand Up Fall Down. And if you've made it this far into the show, you probably already know, but it bears repeating that we are on the socials on Facebook. We are let's be treasonable all spelled out and on the twitter we are at l-e-t-s-b-t-r-e-a-s-o-n-a-b-l we take off the e's and pass the savings on to you the listener speaking of you the listener want to thank you for listening if you liked what you heard i want to thank you and please feel free to tell everyone you know about it rate and review us on the platforms where you're listening and if you got the time go to some of the platforms where you aren't listening and rate and review us positively there too we do appreciate it if you didn't like what you heard well thanks for sticking around this long to confirm and if you want to keep it to yourself we won't mind. We will be back next week. Hopefully you will too. Until then, goodbye. Yeah, goodbye. Bye.